Haini pi haini pi haini pi wajani wina jankishna hini karagiwina hanachni pi harajara wi pi achi wonangshana good morning and greetings from the land of 11 nations or as everyone else calls it wisconsin i am doing fantastic this morning and i sincerely hope everyone else is as well what was so much going on in the world today Let's take a little time together and just focus on what's going on in our little part of it and see if we can't make sense of that. To each and every one of you who spend a little time every week listening to this podcast, thank you very much. Time is our most precious commodity and I truly appreciate you sharing yours with me. If you'd like to get in touch with me, ring me up if you have my number. I'm in my almost office almost all the time. If not, we have a couple of ways for you to get in touch with me. My email is moneykaksik at gmail.com. That's M-A-N-I-K-A-K-S-I-K at gmail.com. I'm pretty active on the Chipotle Facebook page along with the Twitter and uh, LinkedIn sites. Hey, I even posted on Instagram last couple of weeks. So there you go. Look at me. I really enjoyed talking and texting with everyone offering opinions. Differing opinions, really, because those are the ones that help shape my message here. I know what I think, and I know what the people in my immediate group, my bubble, if you will, what they think. But if you, the people in Madison, Black River Falls, Toma, Wisconsin, Dells, California, Minnesota, Arizona, Texas, Illinois, Iowa, if you don't share your views, how is anyone going to know what's important to you? Now, the podcast has no political power per se. All we can do is cast a light on situations that we find interesting. If you text, email, or phone me, we could probably cast light on a situation you find interesting or troubling. And perhaps our Office of the President, Legislature, and or the General Counsel will take a look at it and deal with the situation. During the July Wisconsin Dells area meeting, a tribal member asked the area representatives if one of the tribe's investment portfolios had been liquidated. One of the area reps emphatically stated that the legislature had, quote, absolutely not, unquote, done that. I thought this uh, to be strange given the fact that this information had come from the legislature's own newly installed chief financial officer, Crystal DeShinney. At an earlier trust and investment committee meeting, one of the few meetings still open to the public, by the way, CFO DeShinney informed the committee that one of the nation's investment portfolios had been liquidated. The legislature had apparently taken this action in an executive session. Hmm, imagine that. After that bit of intel had been disclosed, a representative immediately reminded the CFO that items discussed in the executive session are not to be shared with the public. In review, the legislature's CFO discloses executive session information in an open forum with the public, and a Ho-Chunk Nation legislator quickly reminds her that things discussed in executive session are not to be communicated to the public. Okay. Back to the investment portfolio that CFO DeShinney said was liquidated by the legislature in executive session. I talked to people who had sat in on that recent Trust and Investment Committee meeting, and the legislature did not 
did not, in fact, liquidate the portfolio. The legislator who denied that the legislature had liquidated the portfolio was absolutely 100% correct in her denial. Well, not quite 100%, but we'll get to that. The legislature had, in fact, left around $130,000 of the purported $30 million that was in the portfolio. That $130,000 was left in the portfolio, you know, just to keep it open. Let's parse this out a tad. If there was roughly $30 million in an investment portfolio and the legislature allegedly liquidated all but $130,000, that means they liquidated 99.9957% of the portfolio, leaving four-tenths of a percent in the account. So when the legislative CFO divulged executive session information at the Trust and Investment Committee that the legislature had liquidated an investment portfolio, she was 99.9957% accurate in her statement. And when the Dells tribal member asked the area reps to confirm this reported liquidation, and the area rep retorted emphatically, quote, we absolutely did not do that, unquote, she was technically correct, four-tenths of a percent correct, but that portfolio was not liquidated. I wonder what the interest was on the PNC loan that the nation had taken out for Project Forward. Some of you remember, it was approximately $150 million that the legislature took out, essentially, to gussy up the Dells, Black River Falls, and Wittenberg casinos. Hey, since we're just talking here, wasn't it our legislature, not the business people, that made this decision? I wonder if a report has ever been done that shows the ROI, the return on our investment, of that decision. I mean, hey... If you're going to plow $150 million into an investment, you darn sure want to show people that the decision you made was a sound one and it's paid off. And it's still paying off in, request, in, re, in, off in increased revenue at the facilities. Right? Right? No? Just me? Okay. Let's get back to it. If the interest rate on the PNC loan was, I don't know, 3% and the interest bearing earned off the $30 million investment portfolio was, say, 5%, I fail to see why the legislature would have liquidated 99.9957% of the investment portfolio to pay off this low-interest loan. Conjecturally, according to the math, we could have been paying off a portion of our loan with interest from our investment. In essence, someone else is helping us pay off our loan. And this was bad? And if we weren't using the money in our investment portfolio to help pay the loan, our good buddy compounding interest was pushing the nation's investment along rather heartily. Has anyone been keeping up with the news of the former President of the United States and how he purportedly built his wealth on loans? That is a major strategy of wealth. You do not use your own nut to invest and develop. That is how you go broke. You use other people's money. Ask him. And what of a recent motion by the Wisconsin Dells area members where the community voted unanimously to have the legislature set up a rainy day fund? Isn't that pretty much what a $30 million investment portfolio might be used for? This recent action by the legislature would appear, on the surface, mind you, to do exactly the opposite of the area's motion. But, and it's a big but, I could be completely wrong about all of this. Like the rest of the nation, 
What little information I receive comes from the legislature, or is divulged accidentally by the legislative CFO. <clears throat> so I see and hear things, and I try to make what I assume to be logical conclusions. Now, the legislature sure hasn't triumphantly announced to the people that the PNC note hasn't been, hasn't been paid off, but one might get the impression that maybe this is what happened. This forum is not intended to be provocative. It's intended to inform and ask questions, and I have asked members of the legislature, the Office of the President, the Judiciary, and the General Counsel to appear and inform the nation on matters of their own choosing. Members of the Office of the President, members of the General Counsel, and even an executive director has appeared on the podcast. Now, I realize that sometimes I come off as a smarmy jerk, but in all honesty and sincerity, I think it would be really great if the legislature individually, collectively, through their PR spokesman or if the vice president herself would explain to the people just what did happen. In essence, this is the whole chunk nation's money. The legislature is simply a caretaker. I don't expect any member of the legislature to appear on this platform, and I understand why, and that's fine. Now, I realize that the legislature would have to break the sanctity of the executive session confidentiality code. But maybe, maybe, just this once, huh? Oh yeah, what happened to the easement on the AB12 construction? Did we sell it or did the state take it? This next section is kind of wonky, but it's important, and it lasts roughly three minutes, but it pertains to what we will discuss, unconstitutional legislative overreach. On July 8th, the Wodok posted the Ho-Chunk Nation Legislature special meeting for June 20th. Representative Darren Brinegar read a statement. Today we are adopting five budget bills for fiscal year 2022-2023, and we also have a continuing resolution of 90 days for the Department of Justice, Compliance, and the Gaming Commission. This is always a very lengthy process for the Finance Commission. This process began in January. Spending limits were set in February 15th, reviewed the gaming and non-gaming budgets in March and early April. The government budgets were due the end of March. Those budgets were reviewed the end of April, early May, the Finance Commission provided their recommendations to legislature at the end of the May 12, 2022 Finance Commission meeting. I want to explain the purpose of when we approve each budget and why we use the wording we do. We approve each budget with the total amount of the department with the wording inclusive of each line item as an individual appropriation for purposes noted for each and for inclusion into the final appropriations budget bill. This statement is also approving each individual line item that makes the total dollar amount as well all the proposed positions that each department of branch or branch is including within their budgets and organizational structure. Pursuant to Section 3C of the Budget Act, funds appropriated under the Act may only be used for the specific, specific purpose for which they have been appropriated this includes each individual line item and each specific position that was provided to the legislature through the Finance Commission in the number of positions detail, employee comparison report, and or within the organizational structure and documented with each budget. 
Any adjustment to the organizational structure will need to be provided to the Finance Commission via a budget modification. With the implementation of Lawson, the financials do not provide the detail of each position in the governmental financials, and all wages are consolidated under regular wages. This is similar to how the gaming non-gaming entities have been for years, but yet each year we are provided organizational structures in the listing of each position for specific departments. It has come to our attention that at some of the gaming sites, and possibly on the governmental side, that some have not been following the positions or organizational charts that were approved and have been allowed to hire different positions within their departments or make organizational changes. I am not sure if this is true, but I would like to know why this is being allowed or if the Department of Personnel needs to know the approved positions for each department on an annual basis. Section 1 of each budget bill does cover this, and I just wanted everyone to understand the specific wording that was used was each approved budget. Unquote. The legislators who approved the executive branch's budget says that right here in the Constitution, Article 5, Section 2, Subsection C D, to authorize expenditures by law and appropriate funds to the various departments in an annual budget. I think we can all agree on that, yes? Now, once they have appropriated the funds, their constitutional job is complete. How the executive branch ultimately utilizes the appropriated funds for the benefit of the people, for the benefit of the people, is a decision for the executive branch. And remember, the legislature holds monthly finance meetings to monitor expenditures so they, that, so that they are aligned with the nation's priorities. But constitutionally, it is not the function of the legislature to manipulate the executive branch's budget for their political ends. The arbitrary line item reductions and position eliminations are illegal. Just because the legislature have always meddled in specific executive branch and operational budgetary issues and has arbitrarily nixed portions of the proposed budgets does not make it constitutional. Representative Brenniger throws out terms such as the Budget Act, Number of Positions Detail, Employee Comparisons Report, and the Organizational Structure in his statement. If Representative Brenniger was the CFO of Walmart, Home Depot, Deloitte, or some such organization and had talked in those terms, I could hear him. He's not, though. He's an elected representative, a political position for a geographical area within the Ho-Chunk Nation. Simply because you and 12 others in similar positions voted yourself these powers doesn't make it right or legal. I'm looking at the Constitution, and nowhere does it state the legislature have the right to administer departments within the nation. That is an executive function. The Constitution couldn't be more clear. It is the legislature and the legislative attorneys who have convoluted our Constitution. The evidence is clear that this legislature routinely seeks to violate the Constitution. We need look no further than the gaming ordinance, the LOA, and the ERA to see that this legislature is seeking to codify their power to the detriment of the other three branches and the citizens of the Ho-Chunk Nation. In essence, a naked power grab. Now, one of the terms that Representative Brinegar mentions is the organizational chart. 
I ask, where is the legislative organizational chart? Why don't we, the people, get to review your structure and your spending? The legislature was, and possibly still, is looking for another attorney. The legislature now has a CFO, formerly a grant-funded position, to one we're now footing the bill for. A legislative spokesperson, and who knows how many lawyers and aides. And how about the legislature's spending? You look at everyone else's budget and cut here and there when you don't have the constitutional right. But we the people, we never get to see your budget. How about showing up at the area meetings and report your monthly expenditures? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Every township, every county, every city, large and small, every state and territory, and even that behemoth known as the United States government, has to publish their budgets annually. President White Eagle, Vice President Thundercloud, and members of the legislature, publish our budget so that every member of our nation can see what is being done for our benefit. If we look at Representative Brenniger's statement and then follow through on his actions, we can plainly see that he was using this statement as a justification for the legislature to continue to misuse their power and back it up with the old standby. Well, we've always done it this way. But that statement no longer holds water because the LOA, the ERA, and the Gordon Gaming Ordinance are of recent vintage. And I hate to keep reverting to this, but every one of our legislators vowed to help their people. But how is creating more commissions, more work groups, more executive sessions, more standing committees, attempting to take control of the nation's business, doing nothing for general counsel except attempt to subvert it into a division of the legislature? All of you legislators see this, but you do nothing to strengthen your nation's constitution and return power back to your people. Why? In a couple of months, we will get to see who is running for legislative seats and for president. I sincerely hope the people running for office decide that open and transparent government is a major benefit for our nation, that the separation of business and government is something that needs to happen now. Working to help your people is working to help our government succeed. In a September 9, 2022 issue of the Wodak, President White Eagle wrote his letter to the nation, quote, We know where and why what we want as tribal members hasn't progressed. It's because of a select few tribal members, the ones we vote to represent us, have derailed our overall efforts to separate our business from our government, unquote. The Nebraska Racing and Gaming Commission voted Friday to grant a permanent gaming license to War Horse Lincoln, which plans to open its temporary casino at Lincoln Racecourse on Saturday. This comes nearly two years after Nebraska voters overwhelmingly supported a ballot initiative to allow casino gambling. We've worked on it for years, said Lance Morgan, president and CEO of Ho-Chunk, Inc. Quote, Recently, some executive staff and I met with our new 12 clans incorporated leadership. Chairman Eric Trevon and Vice Chairman Susan Wakan to discuss their goals and new direction. They let us know they have updated their strategies, which now allow for dividends to be paid 
out when profits are made. Previously, there would not be any dividends to be paid out until they reached a certain dollar amount threshold. Unquote. Because of supply chain issues, the fall opening of the temporary American Place Casino has been pushed back to December. Full House Resorts American Place was selected last December by the Illinois Gaming Board. The foundation has been completed and the spring structure is up and in place. The property will house dining restaurants, a thousand slots, and five and fifty table games. The American Place permanent site will open in 2025 at a cost of $400 million. Quote, they have also expressed interest in managing the nation's Beloit Casino Project and potentially other gaming facilities. This, would offer, this offer would potentially be the catalyst for finally separating our business from our government. Twelve Clans, Inc. now seems to be the federally chartered corporation we voted into being for the purpose we intended it to be and that's to separate our business from our government." Unquote. Construction of Hard Rock Casino Rockford will begin Wednesday, September 28th with a private groundbreaking ceremony. The 310 million Hard Rock project includes a 65,000 square foot casino, a 250 room hotel, a Hard Rock cafe, and a Hard Rock live concert venue, and multiple restaurants and retail stores. A spokesman for the Hard Rock Casino Rockford said the full construction schedule will be announced in the coming weeks. The casino has a deadline to be completed and opened by November 2023. Quote, Now, the question is, do we turn over all of our enterprises out of the gate? Or do we take baby steps, turning over one future project or only our hotels? or convenience stores, or one of the existing gaming sites. Perhaps more meetings are needed to continue the discussion. I'd like to see a small change occur before making larger, more drastic steps. Before turning over, perhaps turning over our convenience stores, which need facelifts. Unquote. The Pokagon Band of Potawatomi Indians added 45,000 square feet of new gaming floor last week to their Four Winds Casino in South Bend, Indiana. The new gaming area features 850 slot machines, 11 table games, and a high limit area. New table games include blackjack and roulette. There are also 50 new video poker machines. The high limit area allows slot machines bets up to $100. Quote, we could watch the speed of business in navigating the renovations needed at our C-stores. Any progress to separating business from government is good. There are many decisions to be made, but change is certain. Unquote.